everybody to a new week, a new edition of Love You Later by Podcast, The Psych Monologues. I am Dr. Ray Mitz, your host, and uh, yes, indeed, uh, our lead-in music or bumper music is a little different. I haven't really landed on anything that I like yet, so I keep trying this stuff out. Uh, if if uh, you like that particular one, please let me know by responding or commenting to uh, the podcast on my website uh, where it can be found under the CCU tab and go down to Love You Later by podcast and you can, you can leave a comment there. Um, so, uh, welcome to another week, I think. I still am confused about... Weeks, days, hours, minutes, wherever I particularly am, I uh, I, I have embarked on this uh, little podcast project just to record and reflect on the end of the semester as I come in with my students, and whatever comes out of it, hopefully it's a, something of some benefit for the people that are listening in. We went through our first four episodes last week uh, and traversed the weekend. That was quite unintentionally. My uh, hope is to uh, do this uh, five days a week, take a break on the weekend and start up again. Uh, And like I said, I want to kind of um, bring together thoughts and reflections and challenges for my students. And if you're not a student of mine and and, uh, there's something here that is a benefit and help help to you uh, that is even more uh, a, a benefit uh, even more a great thing so welcome to it uh, we are in uh, day uh, 33 I believe of the lockdown we got news over the weekend of the possibility of things starting to be opened up again and it just uh, caused me to think about uh, what I have talked about before, and and that is that uh, what does that all mean? I mean, how will our relationships change, or will we be so relieved just to go back to normal that um, that we'll just kind of forget everything of what came out of this whole thing? Uh, what I what I wanted to spend some time talking about tonight, since uh, I am um, quite by accident a a diehard night owl, I seem to get a new boost of energy somewhere around the 10 o'clock hour, and we are way past that, obviously. Well, you wouldn't know that, but we are. But one of the things that I I have been thinking about and um, uh, I think is part of the the reaction that oftentimes people have is uh, the question, what has anger got to do with it? Because in a lot of cases, when people talk about anger and look at anger, particularly in the Christian community, we get a lot of mixed messages about it. Usually, it's the, those most of them are negative. Uh, a lot of the focus is on what we do with our anger, not really about our anger itself. As a general rule, talking about uh, being in a pandemic like this, since this is there is no precedent for this. And none of us have ever gone through this before. I don't think there's anybody that's over 100 years old that I know of that remembers the Spanish flu and that outbreak. Um, but what 
what does anger have to do with it? Now, one of the things that I have heard over and over and over again for, for a lot of people that really their overarching desire is to contain and control their emotions, not really experience them, is to say, well, what good is it about being angry about something that I can't do anything about? Which, which is a legitimate question for sure. But the reality is, is that we have to deal with what it means to be human. And anger is part of that. There's a sense of justice, of fairness, of whatever that might be that is connected to the condition and the, the, the circumstances we find ourselves in. There's something about this that just doesn't seem fair, whether you come from the point of view that if we were able to quarantine and isolate the people that are actually sick and the rest of us be free, that would be the best way to go. And I, I don't think I've heard anybody say, well, that that would be the best way to go. It's just our capacity to be able to identify who those people might be. So then what that means then is that potentially I'm, I'm talking about, I, I can see who I'm angry at, although nobody ever stands in line to get an illness like this, of course. But we always take this approach that because I my anger won't accomplish something, then why bother? Unfortunately, the minute I say that, it's already too late, right? I mean, I, I'm already angry. I'm already upset. I already feel helpless and, and weak and uh, confused and disoriented and all the other emotions that oftentimes add in when we're talking about anger. But I think the bigger issue is not getting caught in this track of thinking that says anger is not worth anything because it doesn't accomplish anything. Now, it depends on how you're going to define those terms. And that's something that I pound the table with my students all the time. If we're going to have a decent conversation about anything, we better be clear about what our terms are. And so when I use the word anger, a lot of times the first thing that comes to people's mind is out of, a, out of control, seeing red, homicidal instincts, uh, enraged kind of anger. And yet, that if that's going to be how we define it, then yeah, usually that kind of anger never leads anywhere good. On the other hand, being reminded that we live in a broken world that is broken by sin and broken in a lot of different ways, which we're not surprised about at all. That's not a news flash. But our bodies are also broken and compromised in a lot of ways and susceptible to diseases like this then we feel we have this combination of not only being angry because I wish I was able to do something about it to I feel helpless and weak because I can't do anything about it to I <clears throat> how do I adapt even? And I, I think, again, I think there might be a little bit bigger issue here in the sense that our struggle with our emotions, particularly anger, because the nature of anger is such that we see it as probably one of the most alienating emotions we have. And that's why a lot of people spend a lot of time containing and, and controlling it. Because if I show it, 
<clears throat> then I will lose the people around me. They will flee from me if I show how I'm really feeling. Now, that doesn't mean, like I said, this kind of enraged, homicidal kind of anger. It's just being angry and upset. I mean, if you've ever been in a situation where somebody flies off the handle or or feels something really, really strongly, everybody kind of goes quiet and freezes and kind of waits until it passes and then everybody goes back to breathing again. Well, we're in the kind of situation where not a whole lot of anything that we do really is going to make much difference. But our anger is a reminder of our humanity, a lot like our all of our other emotions. And rejecting one oftentimes closes the door on so many others of them. I would remind us that our anger is tied into the image of God in us. And God is not an angry, vengeful God, as so many people keep that image in their mind of him. It really mostly uh, based in Old Testament uh, uh say images that they have of him which is always really kind of reduced all the way down to Mount Sinai and other kind of images that we pull out and cherry pick just to have this image of a punishing vengeful God one of the questions I saw I saw one author say is how Jesus like is God or how God like is Jesus because after all, God in human form, whether you buy that idea or not, if God were to take on a human form, what would it look like? And because Jesus was the incarnation of God himself, then he provides us with a little bit different picture about how to handle, if you will, our emotions. Because we see, we, uh, we don't have you know, the full picture of the full range of emotions that Jesus had. But we do have some pretty clear indications of, of his anger burning pretty brightly, particularly when man figured, tried to figure out a way to place obstacles between people and God. And his anger seemed to burn the brightest around those things. And the pictures we see of him clearing out the temple and Things like that seem to be very much connected to the display of anger. And I wonder today what we would do with seeing somebody get that angry and out, quote unquote, out of control, because that's how we, how we look at it. Now, he was never out of control. I believe that firmly. He was not out of control. But he was defending those without a voice, defending those that that only really wanted a relationship with God and they had all of these things that they had to jump through and the hoops that they had to jump through in order to do that and the Pharisees box that they expected everybody to live within in order to approach God and and all that went along with that but in this circumstance we're in our anger is a justifiable anger because we're being reminded at of the broken world that we live in. And that anger is not something to, to uh, divert into unhealthy things, obviously. It's not something that, you know, I, I get the kick the dog syndrome and, 
and I take it out on people around me. And, and in a lot of cases, in the circumstances we're in and being in close, qu- close quarters and around people a lot, we tend to get that way. We get kind of sideways with folks and get cantankerous and irritable and all sorts of stuff, partly because of our pent-up anger over, this should be over by now. <laughs> And that's the same thing that we feel, I think, in terms of what we're in and how we're feeling it and how it shows up. So it's not a matter of our anger going in the wrong direction, but it is a matter of taking the, the anger and frustration and, and sense of upset that we have and putting it into a context that reminds us that we're broken. We're, we live in a broken world. It is infested by germs and things like that that are always teetering on the edge of taking us over. But that doesn't have to stand in the way of our relationships with one another because of anything, when I talk about my frustration and anger about the circumstances I'm in, if anything, it actually invites people into my world and, and allows me to be part of theirs. And giving them that invitation also gives them that freedom to own more and more parts of their own hearts so that they can be more free, be be free, and they can be more of who they were designed and, and, and made to be and created to be. So maybe the next time we feel some measure of anger around these circumstances, it may not be a matter that we just have to stuff it pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and move on, straps, move on. But it might be a cause for pausing and saying, yeah, this is not the world that I was designed for. And there's something better. And maybe it pushes me into and a relationship or a connection with someone else to say, hey, are you feeling this stuff too? This really sucks, doesn't it? And usually we'll get a resounding yes. And then we can start putting other kind of perspectives on it. But we can't get the perspective we need if we don't own where we are. If I move past where I am and just simply slap a a, better perspective, a more optimistic perspective, uh, put a bow on it somehow so that it looks and feels a little bit better. Somehow that feels hollow. And we have to keep doing that if we're going to make that work. On the other hand, if we lean into and accept the emotions that we're feeling at the time, whatever they might be, it may not be just anger, it may be sadness, it, it may be just loneliness and maybe some measure of of uh, weakness or disorientation any of those things but see I think if we begin to find a way to take those and articulate them and talk to one another about those guess what happens to our relationships they become more authentic and in that authenticity we find freedom and in that freedom we find truth and we find connection all the things that we were designed for in terms of bearing God's image. And so here we are, feeling a lot of frustration and anger. My The punchline tonight isn't so much that that's the problem as much as my attempt to suppress it 
rather than own it and invite other people to share it with me. Well, that's it for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for visiting and listening in on uh, some of my reflections on the state of affairs of the life we lead and the things that we're facing, all related to whether it's the pandemic or other things. So thanks for uh, joining me for Love Ya Later. Bye.